Welcome to episode 12 of Instant Expertise Marketing. Appreciate you listening in. Today, we want to cover a topic that Sherry is quite passionate about, one that significantly impacts how you are perceived in the marketplace and determines how well your message is received. I'm Yvette Brown, co-founder of X-Promos. I became an entrepreneur at 23 by starting a promotions agency with my then 29-year-old business partner, Sherry Nomadi. Hi, I'm Sherry Nomadi. And even though Yvette and I approach business from opposite ends of the spectrum, we nearly always come to the same conclusions on how to help clients succeed. Yvette knows this topic is one that I have been a stickler about as long as I can remember. And to this day, I still find myself making edits to our own presentations and copy. What is this topic? It is the dreaded company lingo topic. <laughs> I am, as Sherry knows, a big abuser of metaphors, cultural slang, and corporate speak. And I am thankful that Sherry works so hard to correct my bad communication behavior because the potential for misunderstandings leading can lead to major consequences that are much bigger than you think. Really, Yvette isn't the only one. Virtually every client we've ever had falls prey to the corporate speak. MQLs and SALs, tofu and BOFO, BOGOFs, RFIs, the list is endless. Every industry, every company has them. And inside that building, it's okay. But as soon as you leave that environment, you must become aware that not everyone knows what you're talking about. I was honestly surprised and a little ashamed by how often I use metaphors and cultural slang. And this really came out when we developed Makita's first ever Hispanic strategy. Their new head of multicultural marketing was born in Mexico, came to the U.S. in his late teens. He was a fantastic client. During his time at Makita, he and I spent a lot of time together on the road. We co-presented Makita's new Hispanic strategy to their top distributor accounts around the country. I was there to help open up their minds to the value of connecting with a growing Hispanic audience who represented the next generation of professional tool buyers. And since Makita was first to launch a Hispanic strategy that was so comprehensive in the power tool category, we wanted to make sure together that the presentations addressed all of the objections and barriers to conversion. The cornerstone to our Hispanic strategy was the soccer sponsorship that we negotiated with Major League Soccer and the Mexican national team. To leverage the assets, we often worked in tandem at hospitality events, game day activations, distributor events all around the country. Our client even hosted a group of customers on a trip to Germany to see the Mexican national team play in the World Cup that year. That trip alone created Makita customers for life from people who had never even been to a soccer match before. We built a 53-foot truck that made on-site appearances at all the Makita's sponsored events. The strategy of bringing that truck to life is a podcast for another day, though. Yeah, that was one of my favorite projects. But back to our time on the road. Naturally, we had a lot of downtime to chat. 
And often we would get talking and he would stop me right in the middle of a dialogue to ask me to explain what I meant as he wasn't familiar with the phraseology I was using. Other times he would say, in Mexico, we have a phrase and he would go on to use it and he would say, is there anything in the U.S. like that? Thanks to him, I became much more attuned to my regular and ongoing use of cultural slang and metaphors. And really, with his support, Yvette and I became the two gringo girls who knew more about how to connect to the Hispanic culture than really all of our competitors, let's face it. And today, Makita is still executing on the strategies that we developed along with the sponsorship that we negotiated over 15 years later. You know, corporate speak isn't inherently bad. The challenge is that you are making the assumption that your audience knows what you're talking about. If you are not 100 plus percent sure, then you're better off taking a step back and saying it more simply or directly. Sherry's absolutely right. Every time we clash on a concept presentation that I think is obvious and she says, you know, the client's not gonna get that right away. I have to admit she ends up being right. And we then have to stop and explain it on the fly inside the presentation, which honestly wrecks the flow of the meeting. And once the flow of the meeting is gone, it's really hard to redirect and it's really hard to get the energy back into the presentation where we left off. Absolutely true. And, you know, I've got another example here. You know, recently in a Facebook work group that we frequent, someone asked the group if they knew what it meant to drink the Kool-Aid. This is a phrase that means having extreme dedication to a cause. Most, but not all people said yes. Many of the international members of this group had heard the phrase, but didn't totally understand it. And of those who were familiar with it, most of them had no idea that it came as a result of the Jonestown Massacre. And if you're not familiar with that, that was an event that took place in the late 70s. There was an American cult leader named Jim Jones who convinced his followers at their complex in Guyana to all drink poisoned Kool-Aid together. Over 900 people died that day in a mass suicide making it the second biggest loss of American civilian lives in a single event behind 9-11. I was only a kid when that happened, but I remember it distinctly. So, you know, here we have a very common phrase that's used often, that's been around for quite some time, but literally not everyone understands it. And so know that if you're going to use this phrase as an example, you run the risk of using it improperly if you're really not familiar with the origins. And you also run the risk of offending those who might be familiar with it. We've got plenty of examples, but the point is clarity in your communication is critical to success. That includes when you talk to your customers. If you're B2B on how you talk to the end users, if you're B2C. <laughs> hey, Sherry, no assumptions, remember? For anyone who might not know, B2B is business to business, and B2C means business to consumer. 
Yep, you're right. No assumptions. <laughs> However, this does bring up another angle on corporate speak. In our last podcast episode, we talked about really defining your avatar or profile of your ideal prospect. One of our key points in that episode is how important it is to attract your ideal prospects and kind of repel the rest of them. You can actually leverage your corporate speak to do just that. Yes, it's a legitimate strategy, but you have to be very careful. If you assume that everyone in your perfect audience knows what an MQL is, you can use that to your benefit to show that you're speaking their language. However, if you're just guessing and you're wrong, then you will fail to get the attention of your ideal prospects. And even worse, you're going to leave a bad impression. We actually talk a lot about business phrases internally, since they also tend to evolve over time. Like all slang, corporate slang has a shelf life. It goes from being cool and cutting edge to then mainstream and ultimately being dated and kind of out of style. We've had actual lengthy discussions internally about the term customer journey just a few years ago and whether or not it was going to stick. We ended up integrating the phrase into much of our work, probably a little bit ahead of when it became standard because we felt that it so well defined the space in which we excel. And of course, Sherry was the one who was most concerned that our prospects really wouldn't understand it. And fortunately for us, Yvette got this one right, and it's pretty mainstream now, at least with our target audience. There are many other phrases that become overused that make so many people cringe, like view from 30,000 feet or out-of-the-box thinking and end-to-end solutions. Much of the phraseology is generational. We hear many of our more experienced clients using terms that our younger clients would consider very dated. So what's the point? The point is you need to be mindful of how you communicate your messaging. You need to listen intently to what your best customers say, because as we talked about before, they represent your ideal customers and future prospects. But don't just listen to one. Look at multiple points of data and see if there's a pattern. If you can actually hone in on some terms that resonate with your ideal prospect, you can definitely use those terms to split test in your awareness or your top of the funnel ads. Edit your presentations and even your consumer directed copy by specifically looking for phrases that might not make sense to your audience, especially when you're speaking to multicultural audiences. Be very mindful. Remember that if they didn't grow up in the U.S., English probably is not their first language. And lastly, don't be too clever. Yes, this one breaks my heart, and it's another hard lesson for us copywriters. But unfortunately, in today's world, if you want your copy or your messaging to be found in any sort of online search, let alone be understood by a more you know, broad audience, your headline copy and your messaging needs to be simple and on point. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to limit your creativity. It means you have to work harder 
to ensure that your message is clearly received. Thanks for listening. We hope to have you back soon.